Scan on Legends back again for episode number two, Dover Flipper Reseller Interrogation. Now, in this episode, I was lucky enough to have reseller Kira, known as the reselling enthusiast on Instagram, come and join me. We had a great chat. She is reseller by day, paramedic by night. So it was nice to have a chat to hear how she juggles her shifts and some of the little niches that she has in reselling is top notch. I learned a lot out of this and there is a lot of money to be made. So I'm going to flick straight into this one with Kira, the reselling enthusiast. Scan on, Coco. Back again, week two, another reseller to interrogate and smash the questions. Without further ado, I'm going to bring her straight on because I'm absolutely pumped to get into this one. Kira, how are you going? Hey. Hey, guys. How's going? I'm very well, thank you. Good to have you on. Um, yeah. We're going to get straight into the questions. But, well, firstly, I'll just do a quick hello to the chat because uh, okay. we can't ignore our chat. But uh, Robbie was in early. Cracking a VB and give a thumbs up. Into the VB. Well, I'm going to start with that question this week. Are you a VB fan or no? No, but I like selling the hats. They sell well. I don't drink. I don't drink alcohol, so I'm a diet coke. Oh, well. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. And I, 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 I love occasional beer, but VB is not my go-to. <laughs> I'm a little bit disappointed there. That takes it to one off because Maddie didn't mind. I'm going to ask everyone. That was Robbie's question last week. But that's it's just, but there's been a lot of trolling of VB in uh, live stream chats of late that I've been a part of, and I haven't liked it. So I just want to see how many resellers actually like it. We're at one off. Uh, Rec Raiders lowered themselves to Cooper's Pale Ale this evening. Oh. Uh, Danny Kazin, how you going, Danny Carr? Kara, thrifting. Pixie, two Aussie thrifters. Cracking. Michael's in. What up, Michael? Good to see you. I haven't seen you around for a little while, mate. Kaz is in. Uh, if I can catch up with this, I think I'm semi caught up. Everyone's just talking back and forth to each other. The Irish picker of Perth is in. Uh, MX Wake, welcome, mate. Rebecca's in. Jazz is in. Thanks, everyone, for coming in. Um, I was saying, sorry to say, but many beverages go down my gullet before a VB. Uh, that's unfortunate, Michael. That is unfortunate. It's a good drop. Oz Riley, I've got to get back to you too, Oz Riley, about those uh, books. I'm gonna have, I'll have a chat to you tonight. So anyway, I think I've caught up there. So <clears throat> firstly, what I want to get into tonight, now I put it out to Instagram with a few questions, um, and that's how I'm going to start off tonight because uh, – I had a good, well, it wasn't actually a question, but it was actually from Sam, Second Life Sales, which is going to lead into a question from me. Um, but she said she doesn't have a question, but can you just tell her that she is a hero with her job, please? Uh, so Sam is giving you the prop and saying you are a hero for what you do. Um, would you like to fill everyone in what you actually do for a full-time job? Uh, as a, well, actually it's a part-time job now, but I am a paramedic. So I do that. Um, I've been doing that for like 12 years now, which is, um, 
a very long time to be doing night shifts, but you yourself know all about that. Uh, so yeah, it's, I wouldn't say I'm a hero, but I appreciate that sentiment and the statement. <laughs> no, absolutely. We all, anyone in that line of work, uh, I believe is a hero. Um, so that's the sort of first thing that I'll get on with that. Um, the 12 hour shifts you mentioned and the night shifts, very mm -hmm. tough physically yeah. and mentally. I personally know that from experience. It killed me. I only done it for just over six years. So um, it gave me an absolute hiding. And I found with my line of work, it was kind of, um, we had a lot of downtime. It's obviously a lot different to what you do. So I could do a lot of eBay stuff when I was at work. And uh, mm -hmm. I'm not going to hide that fact anymore. I sat around and done a lot of eBaying when I was at work because when you're on night shift, you don't have managers there. Um, oh, Obviously, your job is a lot different. Um, yeah. My demand, I can imagine it's high stress. How mm -hmm. do you adjust and how do you fit eBay in with work life? Because obviously doing 12-hour night shifts, you need to get your sleep and all that. I imagine it'd be pretty tough to juggle the two of them. It is. It's it's, it's really tough, especially when I'm at work. So um, it's funny because, like, we are busy, like, no we are non-stop, but there's something in South Australia and I think it probably is nationwide where it's called ramping. So they ramp ambulances so they don't let us go into the hospital with our patients because they don't have beds for them. So sometimes you're sitting in the back of an ambulance with a patient who's non-critical, obviously, and you can be sitting there for three, four hours. I've sat there before with someone. However, like it's unfortunate, but it is a bonus because I can do some eBay stuff and that then um, you can grab your phone out and do a few things then. So that's kind of handy. Um, but as for night shifts and stuff like that, you just can't do anything for like those two days straight because I'm, I'm a big sleeper. So I do massive sleeps before my first night shift and then I sleep all day in between and then go to work the next night and then you sleep after. So it's a lot and like you can't ship, you can't do anything. So it is a pain for me having to change my handling times and having to sort out like all of that. And now I have a storage unit, so I don't have my stock other than this kind of stuff that I've just um, photographed, but I don't have any of my listed stuff here. So I have to go to my storage unit to post it, which makes it really hard after a 12 hour shift sometimes when the item hasn't changed to the one day, uh, the two day handling time from the one day, and then I've got to go post it. So that's yeah. kind of helpful. Um, so it, yeah. to adjust with all that, are you having to? So, what are your actual shifts? Do you do kind of a few days in a row and then have a few off? Or yeah, we do like the standard is four days on, four days off. So, you do like two 12 hour day shifts, which I start tomorrow, and then two 12 hour night shifts. So um, those 48 hours and four days, like you're done. Like you can't, you can't do anything. You're so exhausted after work. And then, then you get your four days off, then you're back here four days. So, um, yeah. I'm lucky. So, I mean, I haven't really uh, mentioned this before, but like I used to have another business. So about, I reckon in 2013, we started up and we designed our own socks and got them made overseas. And then we were selling them online. Um, and so that was going pretty well. And then maybe like a year, a year and a half in, I went part-time as a paramedic so that I could focus more on that. And that was um, super beneficial because now I complain about my four days, but then I get 12 days off. So that works super well with eBay. So, um, 
Yeah, so I kind of skipped that next rotation, which is awesome to get 12 solid days off where I can just focus on eBay stuff. And um, mm-hmm. the problem is also I'm not very good at getting, having downtime and giving myself days off. So I kind of go for the 48 hours and then I go straight into eBay stuff and then then you're back at work. So yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's worth it. The goal is to pay the house off fast and make some money and run your own business and you know, the flexibility is there. So it's good. Yeah. So is that going to be a long-term goal of yours? Would you like to go full-time? Would you like to permanently work for yourself? Or are you always going to have that paramedic side to you? I don't know. I always go up and down, like before COVID. So I launched my eBay store in January this year. Um, so it was kind of good timing for COVID, I think, because I think we all kind of saw a big boost in our sales during that time, which was awesome. Um, and I dabbled in eBay before that. Like I just used to have my personal account list like 40 items a, um, a month. And I used to just do that, but I wouldn't even hit 40 items. It was just a bit of fun for me and a way to support my shopping habit of going to op shops and buying things. But I was like, you know what? Like I'm kind of overnight shifts. How do I get out of it? So I thought I'd launch a store and it's been going so well since January. Like my goal was to make $60,000 in the 12 months and I've already hit that at like 10 months. So I'm stoked with that. Yeah. um, But as for um, me going full time, that was that was the initial goal. But now, during COVID, I was like, it's actually really nice to have a steady income and to not have to worry about, you know, eBay has its ups and downs, and I do get twelve days off, and there's that flexibility, and it's a good source of income, um, and it's nice to like, I, I like the people that I work with, so that helps going to work. Otherwise, otherwise, I just wouldn't see anyone ever. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> you know, you might struggle with that at the moment, being in ISO and like lockdown and not working now. So like when you are yeah. the job, it's not this. I'm starting to realise it myself now that um, like I've been in the workforce for 16 years and worked for someone this whole time and I've made a lot of good friends along the way. There's um, a lot of guys I worked with 10 years ago that I still speak with now. And, yeah. um, you know, now I'm sort of, at home by myself once Kate and Eli are out of the house. I'm just there with the two dogs and I'm yeah. talking to them all day, but they don't talk back. Um, and you kind of get a little bit lost. I'm used to, I'm used to annoying someone sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, that um, sort of social side of things has been the biggest killer for me so far, which is the hardest part. But anyway, it is what it is. I'll, um, I'll just quickly swing back over to the chat. <laughs> I'm way behind on it, so I'll just see uh, who's in. Scotty's in. Scotty VB is always left in the esky. Not in this house, it's not. Uh, it doesn't last very long in the esky here, mate. Um, Murray's house, great to see a fresh new face on the tube rather than the same old, same old. Um, oh. We're very happy to get uh, Kira in tonight. And if you do want to follow Kira, she is on Instagram. She's pumping out some good stories and always good content. I have dropped her link to her Instagram in the description. So make sure to swing over and give her a follow. Um, very motivational stuff, very informative stuff. There's uh, a few niches which we'll touch on soon. And um, you're not afraid to put up numbers, which is uh, really good and motivating for me 
and a lot of others love to see that sort of stuff. So I strongly suggest if you're not following Kira, jump on over and uh, give her a follow. Recommerce Dave's in. How are you, mate? Uh, my computer's going a bit funny here. Shipping in whilst on day shifts is the hardest part. Yeah, it is 100%. Although, like, I, it's okay when I'm, like, shipping small items because I do sneak them onto the ambulance and when we can, I quickly swing past the post office. <laughs> but taking VCRs and that in the ambulance is not ideal. <laughs> <laughs> Old, uh, old Gary sitting in there having a heart attack and hang on, mate, we're just going to the post office. Just, just hang on for one minute, all right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, worked all day in the job, still contemplating if I'll be productive with getting some Ebo down tonight or not. Mate, kick back, nah, put the feet up and have a couple of VBs. That's that's what you should do tonight. Toby's in. Toby, another South Australian. We've got quite a few, uh, quite a few over your way. And I know you haven't been featured on YouTube before because I think that's how I first seen you. You were on one of uh, Brad and Jazz's videos. You were out on oh, the yeah. uh, thrift with them and Cara. Now, that's uh, always interests me with so many of you in such a small area. Mm-hmm. Is there a bit of a turf war going on? And uh, are you getting mm-hmm. the goods up ahead of yeah. them or are they getting it from you? <laughs> you know what? Actually, no, we all get along really well. So it's, it's really fortunate. But... Um, I think that we kind of also, me and Kara in particular, we look for very different things. So it works out really well. And Adelaide has so many op shops. It's insane. And I live south. They kind of all live north. <laughs> so it kind of works out okay. But I think, like, I don't know why Adelaide has so many. My theory is, like, we're called the city of churches. So I think a lot of churches have op shops. And I think there's just a lot of churches here. I don't know if uh, it work. It works out all right. We we do okay, and it's nice to catch up and share ideas. and And Brad and Jazz have been so nice to like show me like their room and how they photograph stuff, and they've been super supportive. So um, as has Kara, but it's it's really nice to just see their processes and they're happy to share, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, when you got when you got those people around you, it's actually more of a. Um, it's more of a positive thing, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. I know of a couple around, and I do talk to a couple around here, but I wouldn't say we go out together and we don't tend to bounce ideas off each other. And yeah. I think that would be a good thing because op shops are always getting loaded with stuff, aren't they? And um, they're not, I mean, they're not the only way we all source. So it is handy. And like you said, you've been around, you've seen the way they set up and yeah. uh, going to help you with your business. So that's, that's oh, yeah. yeah, that's it. And you know, we're all at different levels of our business as well and treat it very different, like Brad and Jazz <laughs> way ahead of the game, they're next level. So um, it's it's very different. I think they don't seem to source as much at op shops now anyway. I think they're doing massive bulk purchases that I definitely can't afford at this stage. So it's, um, yeah, it's good for them though. They're killing it. Oh, they're absolutely killing it. Uh, two amazing people. Uh, Michaela. Hello, everyone. Two of my favourites. Welcome, Michaela. Michaela will be happy this week. Lockie Neal getting up with the Brownlow medal. Very well deserved. She's actually been super helpful about me um, getting a VA on board. So Michaela's given some great advice, which has been good. That's something. That's a, that's a good leeway because I wanted to talk about that. Um, getting yeah. a VA. You've only just recently signed mm-hmm. on a VA. And you, for anyone that doesn't know what a VA is, uh, 
do you want to sort of clarify on that for us? Yeah, so a VA is just a virtual assistant. So it's someone who is online and you pay them. Generally, there's like websites like uh, Upwork and Fiverr and generally they're in countries like um, the Philippines and um, different areas of like Spain and they're all over. But um, generally that's where a majority of the people are from, I've noticed, is like in Pakistan and so on. And um, they have experience in listing on eBay because obviously Americans, you know, it's a it's a huge industry over there and they've um, started up companies like this and that you can go online and um, pay someone to list on eBay for you or do a multitude of tasks. It doesn't have to just be listing. It can be responding to customers. It can be um, just many things like cross-listing as well. You can get them to cross-list to eat, um, like Etsy, Depop, all that stuff. Um which if you're time poor or you want to focus on other things, it's really beneficial, which for me, I am not a huge fan of listing. So I'm happy to outsource that if I can. <laughs> um, so what was the process of going through that to actually find her? Um, I think I got her through um, Upwork. So um I went on there and then you can post a job. So you kind of have to write a little bit of a blurb and kind of have an idea of what exactly you want them for. So the best thing to do is what I did was um, just use like some sort of uh, screen recording program. I used Loom where I just showed them the process that I do for listings. So I just went through different items and then showed them what I expect and then um, they kind of give you a proposal and then you go from there. So you decide who's best and what you think and you just pay them a trial service first and then you can go from there. Yeah. So, yeah, but if anyone's looking to do that, Michaela had an awesome tip um, from the Revival Reseller and that was just to quickly send them a photo of an item that you've got, just a couple photos, just through a message and then get them to just quickly write a listing title for it. And that helped me narrow them down massively, like the differences in their, their English and the differences in their order and what they included in the title was huge. Like it helped me decide instantly. So that was a good tip she gave. Hot tip. Yeah, yeah that's, that's good. That's handy for anyone. Yeah, I mean, it's probably, um, something, probably something I'll look into as well, I think. Sorry, go on. Oh, no, that's okay. Um, no, I was just saying because... I mean, it is a process though. So I've only just employed her like maybe a week ago. So um, I've been sending her a few things and it's definitely a lengthier process. Like right now it's taking me twice as long to, if I just did it myself, it would be so much faster because she's obviously, it's like any new employee, you're teaching them a skill and what you expect because their last person from eBay probably expected something different. And so um, that has been a process for me and I've just recorded like an hour of videos for her today to just go through like what exactly I want and I'm hoping within the next month or so that she can just get it down and while I'm sleeping I'll wake up and there'll be some drafts ready for me to post so that's the goal <laughs> we'll see what happens but yeah so <clears throat> you said drafts so she doesn't she just drafts it for you and then you revise it all and Upload. Yeah, so I do the pricing and the postage and she just does the rest of the listing. Yep, beautiful. So you can get them to do pricing research and stuff, but generally I've just kind of got an idea of what I want to price it for anyway. So um, 
or I'll just quickly run some comps. But yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I manage it. And so far, I, I mean, it costs me. It depends, but at the moment, like around fifty cents or so per listing for them to do um, that. Yeah. And obviously with time and practice, they'll get faster. So you can pay them obviously more per yeah. hour of their listing and stuff like that. Yep, absolutely. So when they do this for you, do they have direct access to your your eBay account, your Depop account and all that sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. So that <laughs> could be uh, so nervous. Yeah, I could imagine there'd be a lot of anxiety behind yeah. that. Well, yeah, it's funny because, like, initially, like, I was like, oh, well, they can't get access to your PayPal, right? So it's like they don't really have access to your money because it was through PayPal, but now it's managed payments. I was like, literally, they could just, I don't know, they just could change your details and then be getting paid into their account. But at the same time, like, you'd be silly not to check those things, like, regularly just to make sure. But, um Another tip Michaela gave me, and actually what the VA suggested as well, was to use LastPass. So you can send them your password without them actually knowing it. Um, so they just get access to eBay via that. So they don't actually know your password at all. Ah. Well, that's yeah. handy for anyone. Yeah, that's awesome. mm. So that was a good tip. And, yeah, I was surprised that the, v- like the VA actually suggested that. She was like, I don't want to know your password. Just, like, send me this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and it, she's really lovely. So I'm hoping that it goes really well. And then um, I'm going to have trouble probably sourcing enough stock to keep up. But it, it's like a good kind of pressure now because, like, today I was, you know, I was going to go sit on the couch for a few hours before this happened. And um, my guilty pleasure is, like, keeping up with the Kardashians. So I was going to go on some crashy TV. Um, but... Instead, I was like, no, like, I've got to send her some listings so that, you know, she can get paid because she's got rent to pay and all these things. So I was like, get those photos done. So I, like, shot for, like, an hour and a half and got them done, which normally I probably wouldn't have. So it's a good motivator. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when did you know that what made you want the VA? Was it too much stock or you wanted that ease of the pressure from doing the night shift work? What made you Um, decide to hire her um purely so I could I think just focus more on sourcing and putting more time into that because I found that sourcing is not a sounds kind of douchey but sourcing isn't kind of a problem for me at this point in time like I enjoy it um and I think that I can some somehow I've had luck with a lot of good bulk purchases like from garage sales and different connections that I've made and networking so I've had like a lot of luck, but the problem is, is when I get those bulk purchases is um, I'm not the best. <laughs> it is not my strength at them not going out and sourcing more. It's like, so I'll process it and I'll have the photos sitting there for a while. And then I just haven't listed it because then I'll go out instead and get something else, you know, like it's, I've had to learn to be better and it's taken me time to like do that. Although I did see that you said you weren't going to source anymore and you went and got goosebumps books. <laughs> I did. I uh, I put myself on a little sourcing band. Oh, <laughs> band is right. I'm, I'm not going out on big sourcing trips at the minute because I <clears throat> similar sort of situation. I absolutely yeah. love sourcing. We all do. That's the uh, the fun of being a reseller, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, hitting up the thrift is uh, no better thrill. But 
I have that much stock at the moment. It is just dead money sitting there and I need to list it. And I had sort of a bog purchase come in through the week last week and a few other things come in and it's literally thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars sitting there going to waste. With Christmas coming up, I need to be listing, not sourcing, because uh, my death pile is never going to run out the way I'm going. So um, I just had to get it on. So I've, I've put on this sourcing ban where I don't go on big sourcing trips until most of that stock is gone. Yeah. But if I have to go to, say, the chemist like I do tomorrow, there's a Vinnie's right next door. Even though the chemist that I've decided to go to is 20K the other side of town, <laughs> um, there's a Vinnie's next door. So I'm going to poke yeah. my head in there and see what I can get. Uh, maybe, I feel you. It's like whenever I go visit my mom, she lives in rural in South Australia, and I'm like, "Well, I'm out in the country. I have to go to the op shops, right?" You just got it. But I think also I kind of change my strategy when I've got a lot of stock at home. Like I just go for the high end items when I'm at the op shop, then and don't want to overwhelm myself with you know the twenty thirty dollar items, which is still good profit. But I'm just yeah. looking for the higher price items when I'm. Out and I've got so much stock at home but yeah. I'm like I've, I've actually this is the first time since starting in January that I've actually got no new stock to kind of list so um yeah so it's kind of nice that I can go sourcing without feeling bad <laughs> absolutely yeah uh Kara's saying we need to do some working hangouts yeah we do we've been meaning to and then I cancelled because again I had so much stock I needed to list last like two weeks ago so but now I've got it all done Cara so we can definitely go again <laughs> uh, Toby's free most <laughs> Rack Raiders ex-Victorian grew up on VB don't drink it anymore but bought a sneaky six-pack last week for nostalgia value uh love to hear that love it love a bit of VB uh, I wave at all the ambulance now just in case, unless they're on a mission. That's gold. I'm going to keep an eye out for you gets now so I can wave back. I'll do a quick little siren flick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lucky to have a good SA group. There's, there is a lot of good resellers in South Australia. And I'll be over that way soon. Leanne's in. You're coming yeah. over as well. As soon as those borders are open, I'm coming for a road trip. It's uh, about a six-hour drive. I think I've worked out to uh, roughly where Brad and Jazz are. So yeah, I'm gonna do a road trip and hit up every op shop on the way there. It'll make a killer video. I've done that so many times from here to Victoria. It's the best. So many op shops to go to. So if you need a buy. Looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is your most favourite item you've found in an op shop from Rebecca? Ooh, that's a tough one. My favourite item. Hmm. I It's not an op shop, but I once found um, a brand new sealed. I, I sell a lot of electronics, um, but I found a brand new sealed VCR DVD combo, which was like a high definition one. Um, and so I got that for like $80. It's never been opened and then sold that for like 600 and something. Yeah. That, and it sold like instantly. Like I put it up and it was like gone. It was crazy. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of like, 
Regarding reselling, I'm not 100% sure, but I just love finding like myself like expensive candles and just stuff around the house that you get for like three bucks and they're worth. Like I found so many glass house candles for like $3, but this, you know, it costs you 50 bucks to buy them and I'm always burning candles. So that kind of stuff I get pretty excited about. <laughs> what about you? Um, op shop find? Uh, my best op shop find. You know what? I don't even know. Off the top of my head, I can't think. I know, me too. The pressure was on. It's probably, um, I'm, I'm going to jump down your path a bit. I'm going to say v, VCRs. I've picked up a few of them and they're, same thing, gone within a week for high dollar. Yeah, they do. Uh, uh, you've got yourself in good hands with the two Aussie thrifters and thrifty picks. You're always willing to give their time. Amazing people. Couldn't agree more, Michael. We've got another question here. Does the big rocking horse merchandise sell? <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> Do you know what that is? <laughs> it's like, you know, like how, is it Queensland has the giant pineapple? We just have like a giant rocking horse in. Oh, right. So, um, yeah, it's so weird, but um, I don't think it's got a great resale value, no. <laughs> uh, Michaela loves her VAs. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting one because um, I've never I've never really looked into VA. I sort of thought about maybe hiring someone to help me up a Monday or something, or paying them per item to just kind of photograph because that's something I don't like to do is the photo side of things. Um, uh, but yeah, that's probably in the uh, something to look to in the future. Gary's in. Yo yo, what up, Gary? Photos are Used to drink VB all the time. Thumbs up from me. I knew I liked you. Paul, good on you. Uh, Kira's Instagram. Brad's dropped that in the chat. I'm a fair way behind this oh, chat. Thanks, Brad. See, so supportive. Yeah, they are. And, uh, <laughs> if you are watching back, um, Kira's link is in the description. So if you're on Instagram, jump over and say, G'day. Uh, what up? Look, Mom. Listening in the background while making dinner. Legend. What are you having for dinner, Drew? What are you yeah. having for dinner? <laughs> uh, Jennifer's in. Murray just hired my first VA from the Philippines today, so looking forward to upscaling my eBay in a big way. Yeah, it's uh, very exciting to hear everyone sort of, well, upscaling. It's um, really good. It's huge in America, so it's um, exciting that people are starting to do it here. Uh, Mossy's asked a question here. Do you ever go through flat spots, motivation in reselling? Currently in a flat spot and hard to get motivated. Mm, you um, get <laughs> yeah, so frequently, especially lately. Like it's been, I don't know if you found it, but it has been quiet on eBay for me. And I don't know if it's, I've got like an open return request that has been an absolute pain in the butt. And I'm like, in my mind, I just keep thinking it's, it must be like something related to that, which it finally gets closed tomorrow because she hasn't sent the item back. But um, I don't know, like I've had several days in the last week where I just haven't made sales, like maybe three out of the last seven. Um, and it's strange because I feel like I've been listing more consistently, but I think the thing is just to remember that there's like an end goal. So it's retail, it's always going to have its up, ups and downs. And I think just to keep 
keep doing it with the end goal in sight. That's what I kind of look look at, not not the immediate goal. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah. I had a similar situation where I had a return request open and I've, I found a big dip in sales for those mm. few days. It was really weird because when that happened to me, it was a few months ago and we actually spoke about this on our Sunday night show. Um, I was absolutely killing it with sales. I was up and about. I was all pumped up. And then all of a sudden I went like three days with bugger all and I had this open return request and I don't, I haven't really had a lot of returns to be honest. Yeah. And um, I actually had two at the same time and I noticed a massive drop at that point. And that's yeah. when I started wondering if that was toying with algorithms and I looked more into it and I sort of, well, I spoke to Brad, I spoke to a few other resellers and there is kind of the rumors that, you know, or speculation mm-hmm. and such that when they are open that, traffic doesn't come but we all uh we all guess with the algorithm side of things but it seems to be a common occurrence especially um for probably us smaller fish as the resellers so i, I can yeah, definitely I though, like i mean for returns in particular i feel <laughs> so this case has been open since like it's been a while now like the end of september it's been like I think, sorry, the 22nd of September or something. So this person requested an exchange on an item and I said, I can't do an exchange, I can do a refund. But because it was a sizing issue, she said it was like three sizes too big. I've got measurements in the photos and that. I said, yep, happy to do a return. Um, do you mind just paying for return postage? Never contacted me again. So I just thought, okay, cool. Contacted eBay. They were like, yep, don't worry about it. After 21 days, it would just go away contacted eBay after 21 days. They were like, no, you haven't accepted it. You need to accept the return request because I have free returns on my store. And I was like, well, she hasn't contacted me back. And he said, well, you need to accept it and send a return postage label. It's your problem, not hers. And I was like, all right. So I did it. And then 12 days later, I still haven't heard anything. So apparently it gets closed tomorrow. So I don't know. Returns are frustrating on eBay because it's just like, I don't know, a seller takes all the accountability. Like I was more than happy. I'll pay for the return postage if you really want, but at least contact me back. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It's, just, um, it's kind of frustrating. But that's just the system we work in. It's not that bad. Yeah, that's it. And I think with the uh, slow sales, like mine have been down quite a bit. It's picked up the last few days I've noticed. But yeah. I'm listening more than ever, obviously sort of going full time. Mm-hmm. Um but just from talking to the community, there's not too many that have got sales up. They're at least sort of sitting where they're normally sitting or under. So um, from what I can gather, it's just a general October blues, I like to call it, Um, in the build-up to Christmas. Yeah. uh, With the motivation, Mossy, I hope you find it soon. Uh, I think we all hit those flat spots. I think it's like Kira said, just think about that end goal. But I think most importantly – if you're going hard at the reselling and you're starting to burn yourself out with it, just put the feet up, mate. Have a VB or whatever you like to drink. Have a break and uh, that motivation will come back. If you're on Instagram, just have a look at uh, Instagram pages like our good friend Kira's here and everyone else within the com- community because that'll get you motivated again, I'm telling you. When you start seeing those numbers and all the uh, good sales, that'll get you up and about. It uh, helps me big time. Um <laughs> Trying to catch up with the uh, chat. 
Toby's saying, fire up, Mossy. Listening increases the chance of cha-chings. Focus on that. Yeah, so he's sort of opposite approach, which is probably the right approach, but I think the odd day break here and there just doesn't hurt. Uh, Butterfly Hustles is in. Last pass, fantastic service. I recommend everyone using it. It is good. Uh, if I don't scroll to the bottom here, I don't think I'm ever going to catch up with the chat. So if I have any questions, just drop them again and um, we'll, I'll catch back up with that. Um, so I'll go back to uh, Instagram. We did have a couple of uh, questions on Instagram and one of them was from Raid Thrift and they are asking what the weirdest thing you've found in a bulk deal Oh, good question. In a bulk deal? Hmm. I actually haven't found anything weird in a bulk deal, which is bizarre. But no, I haven't found anything bizarre. Have you found anything? Uh, well, I mean, I've done uh, abandoned storage units and I've found meth. Oh. Um, that's probably <laughs> the most <laughs> There was that VHS tape with all the satanic writing and shit on it. That was kind of weird. <laughs> um, yeah, that's as bad as weird as it gets for me. No, um, I've the pleasure of finding anything weird so far. Like most of my bulk purchases have just been clothing, like from people. So it's it's nothing exciting in there. No weird prints. No, and same with electronics. Haven't found anything bizarre yet. So. I'm sure I will. I found weird things in op shops and stuff, but never, uh, yeah, never, never anything in bulk bill. Um, bulk buy. And then we got Maddie from That's What I Am. He said, "When and what was the moment that made you decide to be a reseller?" Ooh, good question. Um, well, I've like my whole family goes op shopping, and I've done it since I was a kid. Like. Except when I was a kid, I really, like, resented it. I did not enjoy it because I was like, why do I have to wear these op shop clothes, you know? But as I've gotten older, I think I appreciated it more. And when I um, launched my last business, um, the sock company, I was still going to savers on the 50% off days and buying lots of stuff. And I just was, like, selling initially at, like, local flea markets and stuff and just flipping clothing that way. And it was so easy. It was it was such a good source of income. And um, that was kind of nice. And that was a, a way of putting more money into my other business. So that kind of worked that way. And then that business ended and I stuck with paramedics for a bit longer and then I got bored again. So I thought it's just always been in the back I'm going to take it seriously. It's always just been a bit of extra cash for holidays or whatever. Um, and then since January, I've taken it, I would say like 80% seriously. Like I don't think I've definitely given it my all. Um, I think I could definitely do more. But, um, yeah, I, I think that's probably, I think it was just exhaustion from night shifts. <laughs> I was like, I need to do something else to get me out of it. <laughs> And what can I do that gives me the flexibility of like staying at home still and spending more time with family and all those things, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, speaking of weird things, Toby's found a guy taking a piss in the op shop today. <laughs> in what section? <laughs> it might have been on the Adelaide Crows merchandise, maybe. That's uh, 
could have been a fan. Who knows? Someone was telling me the other day that there was a guy in the op shop smelling all the bras. Oh. Long, smelling them all and smelling none. <laughs> uh, it definitely yeah. makes you advice about donating those items. <laughs> you definitely see some strange cats out there, but... um. Yeah, yeah, sniffing sniffing clothes and pissing in up shops takes a cake, I think. Yeah, for sure. He was a worker. Didn't hey. shut the door. Fuck, I heard this the stream across the store. Uh that's uh definitely different. That is different. Tonight when leaving Goodwill here in the US at closing time, a man ran out of the store with a handful of clothing. Thieves, yeah, I've seen um, a few people in my local try and pinch stuff and uh, times are tough when you're trying to uh, steal from an op shop, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. There was a guy arrested here yesterday for smashing 40 bottles of whiskey and wine in a supermarket and throwing them at other customers and screaming, fuck COVID. Uh, yeah, he should have been arrested because that's a lot of whiskey waste. that we go to. <laughs> Uh, Sam's in. We've uh, I've already dropped your uh, message at the very start, Sam, so you'll have to watch back. You'll have to watch back. Uh, Zach's in too. Good to see you, Zach. So we do have 45 in the chat, so thanks very much, everyone, for coming in. Don't forget to drop a thumb on the way through. And uh, um, Kira have dropped her link in the description. So I think we've caught up. Everyone's just saying hello to Sam there. <laughs> Megan's in too. What up, Megan? So that's good. Uh, it's just jumped a bit on me, I think. No. Oh, good. So the next thing I want to talk about, there is a question from Toby on uh, Instagram, but uh, anyone that knows me knows I love a good niche and you have a very good niche that uh, – I want to learn a few more things about because it's something that I've done a little bit of. I've done yeah. a few and I've made some very good money on it. And that mm-hmm. is the VCRs yeah. um, and DVD recorders and whatnot. And you do a lot of that. I've seen some of your Instagram stories mm-hmm. where you'll show us a snap of all these VCRs sitting there and a couple of weeks later they're all gone. Now, Firstly, before we get right into it, where did the love for that come from? Because uh, you seem to be picking these up a lot and flipping them a lot. I I was trying to think before I came on tonight, like, where did I find my first first VCR? And honestly, I can't remember, but I've been watching YouTube for for years. Like, I used to watch, like, Paul Cantu on the regular, (laughs) just go thrifting and op shopping all the time. And then I kind of started watching a lot of resellers and I just was aware that VCRs and DVD VCR combos sell just from a lot of American resellers that I watched, they were flipping them from good for good money. And that's where I learned pretty much everything that I know is just through watching so much YouTube. Like I watch it before bed. I watch it when I'm in bed and then in the morning while I'm eating my breakfast, I watch YouTube and then it gets you in the zone of just like wanting to go thrifting, which isn't ideal (laughs) so you know you do have to limit yourself because it is addictive and it gets your juices flowing to go and find some stuff at the op shops but um yeah I think I just I was 
weren't there and then I just kept my eye out for them at garage sales and that and since I was a kid I've always had an interest in computers and kind of electronics and I've always been the one in my family that set up everyone's VCRs and set up their TVs and that was just what I did so I think it was natural in that way like it came easy to me um but it is so risky like the reward is definitely there and you do make amazing sales and they sell through fast but you know I have bought bulk before of several DVD recorders and VCRs and there's been like you know sometimes 30 40 percent of them aren't working so it's just a risk you take and you have to buy electronics sometimes sight unseen or if they're working so Ideally, you pick them up at garage sales for a couple bucks, under 10 bucks. That's the goal. But, yeah. So you say some of them are broken. Do you, have you ever looked into trying to fix them or do you know how to fix some of them, certain things? I know how to clean the heads. I've got a friend whose dad was a, um, a technician for, like, old radios and stuff like that, but he's in Victoria. And it was funny. I started selling all the VCRs and he contacted me and he was like, how is this possible? My dad sold, tried to sell like maybe a year or two ago all his VCRs that he just had sitting in storage. Like apparently he had hundreds of them and just couldn't sell them. Like no one wanted them. So he just donated them all. Um, which like breaks my heart now because <laughs> so much money. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just, sorry, I forgot your question in the beginning part. Uh, like do you repair them or have you attempted to repair them no I don't repair them only because I think once you repair them as well it's a whole nother level of insurance that you need to get um to protect yourself if anything goes wrong with them um if you're refurbishing them then you're liable if anything goes wrong whereas what I've been told by my insurance guy is that if anything was to happen because they are manufactured by, let's say, Samsung, then Samsung is technically liable if I haven't touched them or altered them in any way. So it's not something I'm planning on doing. Um, I just generally donate them. Like I'll take apart the items that I need from them. So like all the screws on the sides, a lot of them are missing most of the time. So before I donate them, I'll take those off or um, take any cords that they come with, um, remotes, et cetera, and then just donate the rest of them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, good tip. So um, I think that what you mentioned there, Toby's question, are you cleaning the inside of your VCRs? And if so, how? Some tips on that. I am not. I have, um, but I generally have had luck with them working straight away. Like on VCRs, the heads do tend to get dirty. And to do that, there's, again, so many videos on YouTube that you can just take the casing off. And it's literally, you just get some um, like alcohol, not VB, though, but just some alcohol, some spirit. And you just put it on the heads and you can clean it that way. Um, yeah, that's it. And you can, you can just watch a video on YouTube. It teaches you how to do it. Um, it's pretty simple and even someone who doesn't understand electronics can do that part of it. But other than that, I do nothing else other than wipe it down yeah. and clean it that way. So when it comes to VCRs, I want to know now and everyone in the chat wants to know when we're looking out, what are your top three brands of Ooh. VCR? Top three brands would be Sony 
is for sure a good seller. That probably sells for the most money. Um, and then Panasonic is next. Panasonic for sure, especially Panasonic VCR DVD combos. And if they, if you look on the back and they've got a HDMI port, they're worth a lot more, that's for sure, versus the old like RCA, like the red, white and um, yellow cables. Um, and then LG's probably up there as well, but definitely Panasonic and Sony are the ones that you should get excited about when you see those because they're easy to resell. Um, and if they come with their remotes, that's ideal because remotes can be expensive to replace or you can sell it without the remote, but you do obviously make less profit that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you said you do pick them up at garage sales, but I've literally seen you with carloads of these machines. Um, what are some other sourcing methods you have outside of garage sales and maybe the odd op shop find? Do you advertise or do you just have safe searches? How do you go about finding these things? Um, safe searches I find, I don't know if you found the same thing, but it does not work great for me. Like, I find that um, like on Facebook and that they come up like a day later or, yeah. you know, hours after it's listed and you're like, dude, like, and Facebook have removed, I don't know, um, like Facebook have removed what time they've been put up now. So it doesn't say like listed an hour ago anymore. Um, mm. Didn't notice that. I, yeah, I've, I've noticed that. So it's kind of frustrating because it used to be a tactic of mine of if they were listed for more than a week, you could like offer them you know, like less than 50% off, like, and they'll probably take it because they just want to get rid of it at that point. But now it's like a bit more difficult to do that. Um, another tip is like local auction houses is um, one that I definitely find big bulk purchases at. Um, one of the lots I got was at a local auction house from like a, I don't know if a TV repairer had closed down or whatnot, but there was like several VCRs and DVD combos from that. But you're obviously going to pay more. So, yeah. again, like, you might see my car full, but, like, that auction house one, I paid, like, $440 for, like, um, I think it was, like, 10 or 11 of them. But one of those, I knew if it worked, one would sell for 350 So I was like, I'll take those odds. I'll take it. <laughs> Absolutely. But I also enjoy, I think, the risk of it. <laughs> to know that when it's working and when it's not, it's, I don't know, it's kind of fun. It's a gamble. But, um, yeah, and I also have ads out on um, Gumtree and uh, Facebook and stuff like that. And I find yeah. that a lot of people contact me that way. But, again, yeah. a lot of people also contact you with broken stock, so they know it's broken. <laughs> so you just be careful. Absolutely. I'm not trying to put everyone off. I'm just trying to make you aware that it is risky. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. It's not all uh, not all glory, and that's the same with everything we do. There is uh, yeah, and that's what I try to tell people on my channel. It's like you know, I can post a quick picture of a a VCR. Oh, on my Instagram, sorry. I can post a quick picture of VCR and I've sold it for like $300, which is awesome. But I might have bought three others with that that didn't work. You know, like it's it's just, it's the game of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've found, because I have flipped a few of these myself, and as I said, I love flipping these things because they do go for a good dollar. I've been 
lucky this far not to have anything broken. Mm-hmm. But I have found at times hard to find comps on them. Uh, there won't be anything listed on eBay or any sold listings. Now, my theory with that normally is to list high because there's none others around and it's a rare item. Um, but sometimes when it comes to technology and if you don't know exactly what you've got, it isn't that easy. Is there any other ways of doing your comps outside of eBay that you know of? Is there Facebook groups that can help? Um, or are there... I am a member of some Facebook groups. There's like, um, I can't remember what it's called. It's something like analog TV VCR people. <laughs> like I can't remember the exact title. But you can post pictures on there and people will let you know for sure. Um, again, I think it's kind of American-based, but it can give you an idea of what it's worth. Um, but, yeah, you can just always find stuff online, like Googling. Um, I'm, with, like, on Facebook groups. Um, with comping on eBay, it can sometimes be hard. I have found recently, though, that VCRs have kind of dropped in price a little bit. Um, and I don't know if it's just those October blues where people aren't buying as much anyway, so it's a bit hard to tell. Um but I've been selling them, but not for the same high prices I once was, like maybe $20 less than I was or so on. But um, that's okay. Like I'm still making really good profit on each one. And yeah. like I, I bought um, I bought a, a, a recent lot of like 12 and I think only two were broken. So those odds were really good. Um, in general, like if you're getting them on Facebook Marketplace and stuff like that, you can ask people for pictures of them working. Or get them to test it. Um, that works pretty well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, Cara filmed a video today. I'm keen to see that. If you haven't subbed to Thrifty Pixie, yeah. get on over yeah. and uh, give her a sub because she puts out quality. Vintage quality. Uh, have always, oh, always known VCRs go really well, but still yet to dive in and pick one up. Yeah. Right on it, Michael. If you can see, if you find one for cheap enough, like, why not just give it a crack? The hardest thing is, like, figuring out also the postage. <laughs> Initially, like, that was a little overwhelming for me. But um, once you get it down, you'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, watch and listen to a lot of YouTube on different styles of sellers and what they pick up. And I can't stress that enough. Even uh, <clears throat> not just YouTube, Instagram as well. Um the more you follow, the more you kind of learn. You're going to spot bolos that you're not aware of. And if anyone's not aware of this sort of market, the VCRs, um, here's, well, now it's made you aware of it. And it might make you, if you walk past one in an op shop, scan it and have a look and go, oh, hang on, this might be worth my time. There's, um, and you don't have to be an expert in the market. You don't have to take it on as your own niche. But if you're aware that it's there, it's always good. Even if you're watching... A YouTube channel, whether they've got 50,000 subs or 50 subs, um, they're probably going to tell you something worth knowing because it might be just as something as simple as picking up a thrift haul and you see something in it and then they've sold it for X amount. You know, it's um, so many good channels out there. So definitely worth subbing to them all. And I think just for VCRs quickly, I think a lot of – because they're all analog, so I don't know if most people are aware of this. Maybe they are, but – they need a digital set-top box to actually play through the TV. They don't. They don't have a digital tuner. 
And generally, I think people are buying these from what I understand from what customers have said is just to watch VHS or to convert their old movies or whatever it is. But um, I don't think a lot of people are filming from TV on these anymore. So I just, it's very basic testing for me. And so far, I haven't had any issues. I plug it in, I play a VHS, I just plug it in through the red, white and yellow. I fast forward the tape, rewind it, make sure the remote works, play it for a bit and see if there's any like jittery bits or the head needs cleaning. But other than that, I, they're good to go for me. I don't get a digital set-top box and test the TV in the aerial. Like, I don't know if you do that, but I personally don't and I haven't had an issue yet. Yeah, no, I don't do that. Um, now, I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story about a, a VHS player that I picked up. Now, I picked it up last year at a garage sale for five bucks. Took it home and comped it, and I could get about $30 for it, $40. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was nothing special. It was a Panasonic. It was one of those ones that had the Sydney Olympics badge on it. Um, oh, yeah. Now they're yeah. worth a lot. I think that's like the SJ. 630 or something yep so <laughs> i done a few comps and it was yeah. sold for around 30 bucks and there's a couple right. listed for 30 40 dollars um so i thought well i might as well keep this i can test vhs on it because i sell a little bit of vhs okay. and anyway it came down to not that long ago i was sort of doing a bit of a clean out and i seen it sitting there and i thought since i was going to test all these vhs now i'm guilty i don't test any of them if they've got no mould on them, I'll just pack them up, wrap them up, I send agree. them off. <laughs> I'm on board. I might as well just sell this thing. Uh, mm -hmm. The postage is probably going to be worth more than the actual unit itself. But then I redid my comps and it was up around the $150 mark. So, And it sold pretty well straight away. I got 150 bucks for it. So my question is, do you notice much change in the market? Because I know so many different things whether it's summer items winter items they change due, due to seasons uh so many different markets change ra stuff for me is always just all over the joint um do you find these to sort of fluctuate up and down or is it only minor movements hard for me to say because i've only just recently discovered this niche like in the beginning in january when i officially started um, my store i was just selling like vintage clothing and um a few video cameras here and there, um, which is another bolo, like video cameras are really good profit margins, that's for sure. But um, yeah, and then I only got into the VCRs and found that niche maybe like in June, maybe May this last year. So it was kind of over the winter period, which I'm guessing is kind of a peak because everyone's at home. And also I think during COVID, everyone was like, oh, finding their old tapes, let's convert these or do whatever. But um, so it's hard to say, but I have found a drop, but I think a drop in everything has been in October. So it would be interesting to see what happens. Um, but, I mean, it feels electronics to me are all year round. Like they, I don't, I don't think it ever really changes for that. Uh, Zach has dropped your link in there again. So thanks for that, Zach. Appreciate that, mate. Everyone get over and... Give Kira a follow. Uh, Dave, nearby Selvos has good quality furniture, lounges, etc. Whenever I visit, there's always people trying to haggle a package deal with the store manager. Um, is that something? Do you haggle in op shops? Uh, I have, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. 
especially if you're buying like a multitude of things, um, I will ask them like, I'm buying like six pairs of the same jean. Can you give it to me cheaper? I mean, I'd ask nicer than that, but you know. Um, and I also have for electronics, especially like in smaller ones, not like salvos and that because they'll accept a return, but ones that don't do returns, I'll say, have you tested this? Do you know if it's working? And then they'll be like, oh, actually we don't. And so then I'll offer them less money and normally they'll go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Toby, you don't buy VCRs down south. They may be missing parts. <laughs> hey, I donated them five bunnies. <laughs> uh, he keeps and uses them. Toby is a collector of VHS. Yeah, he does love his VHS. Can of compressed hair is good for removing dust and cobwebs, Toby. It smells so bad, though. Have you ever got compressed air in one of those cans? No, I it haven't. It like the strongest fish smell you've ever smelled. It is disgusting. I bought some and I was like, never again. I'm just going to blow on it and hopefully <laughs> the air gets back because it's, it's so bad. Yeah. So I've got a little air gun out there, so that'll do me. <laughs> low-key fishing for info that's what this is all about we're wow. here to uh, pick the niches off all these fully qualified people and trying to learn a thing or two but yeah so <laughs> yeah, oh, the chat's just skipped a <laughs> heap together Tara <laughs> smells like <laughs> no so we've hit the hour mark. We're going to leave it at that because yeah, everyone's getting out of control. We're talking about <laughs> smelly vaginas and stuff. We do have one more question here, so this will be the last. What is your favourite category to resell and what is your least favourite? Uh, my favourite is obviously electronics because the reward is very high. Normally cost is low. Least favorite is shirts, button-up shirts. Like clothing in general, I enjoy selling, but I hate listing and photographing. But men's shirts, I hate, hate them. <laughs> All right, so that's going to say us out. We've hit the hour mark. So I want to thank you very much for joining me tonight, Kira. It's been an absolute treat. It would have been nice that it could have gone longer because I had bloody thousand questions to ask, but it's uh, – try and cap it at the hour so it's been really good to get you on um we've been talking back and forth for quite some time now but it's actually good to talk face to face for the first time so um, me tips as well so i appreciate it and uh maybe we can sneak you back on here for a bit of reseller wars in the uh future that's uh, (laughs) something upcoming on the channel so uh anyone that hasn't followed Kira on Instagram, the reselling enthusiast. The link is in the description. Uh, one last question, actually. You used to be named, when I first found you, the Pickers Junction. Mm-hmm. Why Why the name change? Uh, because I was using that as my store name and so on. So I think it was just, like, better to separate it and keep it. I think also because, like, uh, I, don't, I didn't want people to go on and see how much I was paying for items and so mm-hmm. forth, so... I thought I'd just separate it a bit and keep it that Makes way. Sense. Makes sense. Yeah. So something I want to do on the uh, outro, we did it with Maddie last week, just a quick fire. I'm going to do a couple of quick questions. You're okay. going to give me your best answer and then we're going to finish up. So you ready? I'm ready. <clears throat> Instagram or Facebook? Instagram. eBay or Depop? <laughs> 
eBay. Jeans or shirts? Jeans for sure. Toys or video games? Oh, video games. Op shop, thrift shop. <laughs> same thing. <laughs> They're the same thing. What do you call it though? Oh, what do I call it? I call it an op shop. Vintage t-shirts, VCRs. Ooh, VCRs. Fish and chips or pizza? Pizza. Sport, music? Music. Not a good leeway into this question. Who's going to win this weekend, Richmond or Geelong? I'm going to go with Geelong because you live there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks very much for coming. Thanks, everyone, for hanging around. We've had about 45 to 50 in the chat all night, so that's been awesome. Go and give Kira a follow on Instagram. And next week we do have another guest coming on, and I'm very pumped for that one too. So talk to you then. All right. See ya.